Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... K.O. What is your primary passion? Um, my primary passion is music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's not really too much to talk around it. Like, it's music. That is my, my purpose every day for getting up and figuring out my way through this life is music. That's the only thing I understand for real. Yeah, yeah. How did you first get started in music? Um, I got started in music... Um, oddly through, a, like, I got a lot of trouble in school whenever I was a kid and they put me in the school therapy program and, um, they made us do poetry to kind of like sort out our feelings, like a way to write it down. Mm. And like, slowly but surely, like the poetry started turning into raps. Like once I really kind of just got into music, you know what I mean? So it, it really just took off from there. Yeah. Um, what, what were those first poems like and do you still have them (laughs) um I do actually I have notebooks like I've hoarded notebooks throughout my lifetime like my mom just recently bought me like a backpack of like all of my childhood notebooks like I had them in storage for a long time but just to like see them and and see where my head was at and stuff it's like it's similar to where it is now like they were very like um it was it's it's good content because like it was about my real life I was writing poems about my family and the stuff that was going on like when they told us the assignment as far as like with the poetry to write out how you feel I really took advantage of that so majority of it was like real emotional talking about my family and stuff like that so it's cool like you know it kind of it makes sense for where I am now like my ability to tell stories and talk about what's going on so yeah yeah. um what's your background where'd you grow up how'd you grow up (laughs) um I grew up in a small town called Enid Oklahoma um you know, not too many people, period. Like some people look at Enid and say it's like big compared to like small towns like Crescent or something, but it's still nowhere. You know what I mean? Like you got a Ross in a mall with like four stores. It's like, it's not too much of nothing out there. Um, Yeah, I mean, born and raised my whole life, like elementary, junior high, through everything. My first few years of college, all of that. Like I've been in Enid for as long as I can remember. Like the most that I've been outside of it is doing my music, so. Yeah. What is like a distinct... Enid thing that like only Enidites, if that would be the word, would know about like, man, that's a deep cut. <laughs> um, go Plainsman. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like a it's a six A high school. So like Friday night lights, like type thing, football. Like if you ever seen Friday Night Lights, like that's Enid for real. Like small town, the most thing that we got going is a football team. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's like families who owned like oil, like old money stuff like that is is not really much of anything outside of that it's like the football is the most exciting thing that they have going on in it like nothing outside of that yeah funny story um so i used to be in in band in high school and at a band contest like they were like listing all of the the schools and you know where they placed or whatever and they forgot to say enid or like somehow i wasn't on the list and so People from Eated just in between every band just started yelling, go Enid. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it just became like this joke that would just keep happening after every single band. And then it like, it became a meme. And so people were just saying it at band contests outside of that time. And so, yeah, just go Enid happening randomly became a thing. If you ever been to Enid, like an Enid high school football game, that's their chant. So it's like, that don't surprise me that the band was doing that. Like it's a whole thing, like growing up there. So yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, when did you know that music was going to be your life? Um, I'm going to say like very young, probably around like 10, 10, maybe like, a. 
I think I the very first album that I bought with my own money was uh Jill Scott's uh what's the name of it? Who is Jill Scott Volume One? Like mm-hmm. that was my first album that I bought my own money because I couldn't buy like parental parental advisory explicit mm-hmm. shit, but I wanted it. But um she came out with a, a long walk and it was like the coolest shit I ever heard in my life. And it just I don't know. I saved up my money. I went to the FYE in the mall and I bought that CD and like I played it and I loved the way that she um she told stories, you know what I'm saying? Like her tone of voice, it just, it didn't sound like anything I ever heard before. And like, from then I was like, no, I love this so much. It's what I want to do. But um, that's just as far as like my being confident, like vocally and, and songwriting and stuff like that. Before that, it was probably uh, Eve, Rough Riders First Lady. Um, just being able to like, uh, we didn't have cable whenever I was growing up. So my sister used to record like music videos and bring me the tape so I could watch it. And um, just seeing like Rough Riders and DMX and just the, you know, I don't know. I just fell in love with it, the culture of it. You know what I mean? Like, and I wanted to be like Eve. I love how she was like aggressive, but she still like owned her sexuality. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's still sexy, but I want to be respected. And it's given like dominance and aggression. And I just thought that was so cool. And it's like, those characteristics are just certain things that I fell in love with that I just started to embody in my journey and making music. But those are for sure the two moments to stand out for whenever I knew that this was what I was going to do. It was like Jill Scott's. Who is Jill Scott and Eve Rough Riders First Lady? First yeah. albums. Yeah. Uh, who are, uh, since we're listing influences, who are some of your biggest influences now? Okay. Um, and that'll be like, the way that I have to explain it to everybody is that it's two different lists because I rap and I sing. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, I I walk in two different lanes with how I feel about it. So it's like for singing, I'm going to go uh, Jill Scott, Erica Badu, Beyonce, um, this underground artist by the name of Tedra Moses. Uh, for hip hop, I'm going to go Jay-Z, Joel Santana, um, Lil Wayne, of course. Uh, who else? Damn, it's somebody I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missy Elliott, of course. Uh, I don't. It's so many rappers who I would say I was influenced by. Like it's it's a lot of sounds and different reasons that I love different things. But it's like for the most part, Jay Z is like the the main reason why I wanted to be a rapper. Like I love the art of storytelling. Like whenever I heard the Blueprint album, it just it made me want to tell my life story using rap to do that. So yeah. Yeah. What's been the journey? I mean, obviously, Oklahoma isn't exactly the epicenter for the greatest rappers known. So, I mean, how do you how does anyone get on the map? Like that's a, okay. So yeah, that's funny. Like we're on the map because I still feel like, um, even where I'm at now, it still feels like super small to me. It's feel like I, I've done nothing, you know what I'm saying? But then I'll run into people who be like, no, nah, you know, you're doing great. People know who you are like this, this and that. And it's like, I ain't made no money. I'm, I'm not <laughs> going anywhere. It's like all right here. So it's nothing. But for me, um, I came from Enid. So to see the transition from that to this is like, definitely like it's larger than life for sure. Cause it's like, I wrapped in Enid all through my teenage years, all as a kid, and it's like, um, we don't have music venues. We don't have like, there's not a real music scene in Enid. It's like six people who rap, two of them was maybe good. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's a situation like that. So just coming from the city and kind of um, coming to the city and just kind of like working my music independently and seeing like how it's kind of just blossomed itself. I don't really, I mean, my work ethic, of course, but I don't give it to that. It's like the people have to gravitate to the music because it's people who work hard all the time and they don't get no type of traction. You know what I'm saying? So, um. I think just being outside, being consistent with it and people like stumbling across it and then like latching on to the music and then telling their friends and then it just growing from that. Like that's really been my journey so far. And like it's getting bigger, like a little bit more every year. Like we were just talking about, I'm, I'm going to do Pride this weekend. Like that's super big. Um, I've done a few shows for JB. I've done Tower Theater. 
um, you know, just the the staples in Oklahoma City, like as far as our music venues. So to be able to say that I've hit those, it like it feels like it's on the way. You know what I mean? So that's pretty much been a journey, just being consistent and working. You know what I mean? Just being outside and, and putting it in people's faces, like and it actually being good quality shit for people to latch on to. So yeah, yeah, that's that's the big thing is that like we're here, right? And it's just like needing people to check it out. Yeah. Um, and I mean. Specifically, what's been your experience, uh, especially after Fire in, L- in Little Africa? Okay. Um, I mean, it's it's been a lot different, I say. Like, it introduced me to a lot of people, but I think that with the combination of the work that I was already doing, it kind of just, it was something else that just, like, uh, like launched me a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Because I already had a little bit of sh- shit, like, bubbling here in Oklahoma City, but the Fire in Little Africa thing was so big for the state, period. It's just a great look for all of us involved. But, like, um... I went to South by, I did South by Southwest this year, like one of the official shows off of that album. Uh, I've done, I did the Black Wall Street Festival in Tulsa. It's just, it's, it's brought a lot of great opportunities. You know what I mean? It was just cool to be a part of. I wasn't one of the artists who was um, involved over the few years that they spent working on it. Like I wasn't even, by the time they got to me, I didn't even know what Fire in Little Africa was. You know what I mean? They kind of pulled me in at the last minute and, you know, just off my work ethic, just being outside and people seeing the, the effort that I was making, it was like, okay, well, this is dope. Let me, you know, throw you a shot. And it just turned into that. Like, but it's been, it's been dope since then though. It's just, it put a lot of eyes on it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think makes Oklahoma different from other scenes? Um, It's like we talked about before, like there's no, it's nothing here really. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm honest, like our music scene, even just coming from Enos, Oklahoma city, and then working you guys' music scene and figuring out how that works you realize that there's not too much of anything that can take it to the next level. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta really have some outreach or some money to get somewhere that I discovered that like real fast, but it's like, I think that's the part that sets us aside is that there's no labels here. There's no A&Rs. It's nothing to, it's nothing to launch the music scene like bigger. We have nothing here other than each other. So it's like, you got to use the power of the people mm-hmm. and try to make some noise using that and hoping somebody on the outside will hear it. Like that's, this has been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. But also, since it's a blank slate, we can really make something out of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, why music? Why not anything else? <laughs> I mean, for me, I'm one of those people that it's like, uh, if it was something else that made me feel the way the music felt, I'd do that. But it's like, for my entire life, I've never felt anything the way that I feel for music. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I could marry it, make love to it, have babies by it, like, I would do that. Like, real shit, I love it that much. Not just from the aspect of a rapper or a singer. It's like, it's like what you said, like as a composer, like the creation of it, like just the, I can appreciate the music without lyrics. I can appreciate music of different genres that are not necessarily stuff that I do or I would understand or listen to, like just the sounds of it, the vibrations, like not to be all earthy and spiritual, but it's like, it's something deep in that. Like it hits your core. Like whenever you're really passionate about it, any different aspect of music can hit you at your core. Like, and I just feel that way about every single thing about music. Like it's nothing that, lights my fire the way the music does. Yeah, yeah. Acknowledging the issue of, like, the background that rap music has, for you as a woman, rap music has been historically misogynistic. And how do you deal with that? How do you face it? How are you combating it? Okay, so, like, from the stance of, like, with my womanhood, I always want to be respected. Like, we talked about earlier, like, with Eve, I love the fact that she was so dominant and, like, 
I guess as an artist, I wanted to be respected in the room like the men were respected. You know what I'm saying? Like, they always write you off as a female artist, like specifically as a rapper, because it's like in the times that we're in right now, a lot of the female rappers all do the same thing. It's over-sexualized. It's not a lot of content, not a lot of things to really hear. They're not saying a lot. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of repetitive. It's all the same thing. So for me, I try to take the approach of the everyday woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really what I want to be representation of, like, the women who go through real life emotion, they have jobs, they have families. It's like the the people that you walk past on the street every day. Like I want to be representation for them. Like I'm not an IG model. I'm not, I'm not trying to be the face of that because that's not my crowd. You know what I mean? Like I really want to be like for the, the women who are, who are human, who are like embracing their emotions and all that they going through. Like I want to be a spokesperson for them. I think that that'll be respected way more, but it's like whenever I carry myself like that, it automatically gives me a different type of respect in the room. So it's like, I, I think I'm, I'm doing a great job as far as how I'm approaching it. Like I'm, I have a lot of respect as a musician, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, it's not, it's not cute rap. Like my music isn't something that you can just overlook and push aside because there's no content. It's a lot of depth in the things that I do. So it just gets acknowledged different. Yeah. Speaking of that depth in your music, what's kind of a, a deeper nitty gritty, like an advanced thing that you put in your music that maybe people won't notice on the first glance, but like you're really proud of? Um, sing, with my singing, I've figured out how to stack vocals. I think that's kind of uh, coming into it. I was I, I spent so much time kind of like developing my craft. I wasn't really sure as far as to make it sonically pleasing you know what I'm saying it's like I'm thinking it's something that I'm doing wrong it's just but there's keys to like finding the right engineer knowing exactly what it is that you're looking for and how you want it to sound it's like but if you don't even know how you want it to sound in comparison to something then you just said a blank slate like it's nothing so for me it was like developing um stacking vocals learning how to do harmonies like kind of like composing the music like you said like kind of figuring that part out I'm not just somebody who's in the studio writing things down and saying things I'm really figuring out how to put together some shit and it's dope so I mean, that's something I'm really proud of. Like, and if you listen to it from my earlier project in 2018 to now, I think you'll see the growth just kind of like where I figured out how to how to put music together. Like, it just, it sounds different to me now, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go into, um, do you separate art from the artist? <laughs> I'm gonna say no. I'll say no, because I feel like, at the root of your music, like, if that's really you, like, there is no separation of it. It's one and the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, once you experience that, it's like, that's kind of, in my experience with it, it's like the artists that I love and the kind of music that I make, as far as I know, I don't know these people personally, but as far as they journey and watching interviews and who they are as people, like, most of the stuff that I gravitate to and love is the stuff that's genuine. It's not something that's kind of, like, trying to sell you a facade or, or over push, like, a, what do they say, like, um... They're, they're pushing an agenda with it. And sometimes, the like, especially with hip-hop, you know, it's like everything is like murder, death, kill. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the the wave in hip-hop. And it's like, I don't want to do that. I want to have something to say because it's real experiences that come from being in environments like that. So it's like, I want to tell the stories like that. Okay, people do crime and they go to jail, but talk about the experience of the pain and what happens with that whenever you lose people, seeing people get life and go to jail, like, forever. Like, and really seeing that in real life, not hearing it in the music, like, it just, I don't know. I always wanted to be somebody who spoke from like a real life perspective and not something that was like, that just sounds cool on a song. Like when people talk about killing people and murder and all that stuff, I'm like, that sounds cool, but that's not a really dope experience in real life. So it's like to push that is just, it's, it's weird to me a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, where is the line for you? And that I always kind of bring up the example of like Kanye West is like, he's not murdering people yeah he's just 
kind of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, at what point do you, in your not separating art from the artist, do you go, all right, I'm not going to support this person, you know? So like, you mean as far as like, if we use R. Kelly as the example, like yeah, with sure. stuff like that, where people are like, oh, I won't play his music anymore. I was one of those people, like whenever I watched the documentary and I heard the story of the music that he was making was themed after different situations that he had done to these people. It kind of just soured it for me. And it's not to say that he's not gifted and the music is not great, but it's just once you learn the story behind it, you put the music with the artist and it's kind of one and the same. So that was something that made me be like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to, it's great music, but I'm not going to die to not have it in my playlist. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. that's just, that's my approach on it. Mm -hmm. Is there such a thing as bad music? I don't think so. I think it's a time and a setting for everything. You know what I'm saying? Like I, like I said, I love Jay-Z, but I don't want to hear Jay-Z in the club. Um, just like the music we were talking about before, like the murder, death, kill music. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I don't like some of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? The the message and the way that it gets twisted and distorted to present to the public and how it's perceived. I understand how it can be problematic, but I love some of that too. You know what I'm saying? Like the energy of it. It's like those people who live that walk of life, that is their reality. You know what I'm saying? Like if you in the streets and that's your everyday life, you're going to relate and gravitate to that type of music. So I understand why it exists and why it is what it is, but even if I know that it's wrong. So I don't I don't think that anybody can do it wrong. I think if you go into the studio and make the effort, it's it's strange. Like we in a time to where it's an audience for a little bit of everything. You'll hear something and be like, that's the worst shit I ever heard. They selling out shows though. Yeah. Like I see it all the time. Yeah. So I don't really think there's no wrong way to do it. I think it's a crowd and it's a time and a setting for everything. Yeah. Do you feel like genre is still important. I feel like I, I talked to so many artists and, and we as artists are, are always trying to expand beyond those boundaries. But, uh, you know, do we still need genre? <laughs> I don't think so. I think like with, um, like, I don't know if you've heard the, the new Beyonce song or the, the last Drake album with the, where they bring like house music back, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But it's like to see it approached in R&B and hip hop, is a little bit different, but it's a part of our culture. It's just nobody's ever experimented with that. The beats are a little different. Like everything about it is something that they're not used to. But I don't think that you can put a genre on a true creative. You know what I'm saying? Like if you can create, you can create anything. Just like I feel like I can write music so I can write a book. I can write a, a script for a TV show. I feel like if I can write, I can write anything. I'm not going to limit myself to just I can do this one thing. And I think music is the same way. Like if you can create, you can create anything. If you can play a guitar, you can make that work for any genre of music. You can play the drums. You can switch the patterns and make it for anything. It doesn't just limit yourself to like hip hop or rock. It's like, if you're nice, you're just nice. It don't matter in what aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the the music industry itself has seen so many changes in the last five, ten years. I mean, Spotify, TikTok has kind of exploded what we do and how we make money, how, I guess, for you, how do you plan to survive in, in this world, but also how, how can anyone? <laughs> I think in music, it's not a lot of money in the music because of the way that they've manipulated the, um, the idea of streaming. You know what I'm saying? Like anybody who's put music on a streaming service and they tell you that it's a fraction of a penny, like per play. You can't like put the value on what a stream is. Like nobody can exactly tell you what that's worth. And I think they said like, uh, what was it? A million streams is like, what, $10,000? Like it's not even, it's not something crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't believe that. I believe that these record companies are making a lot of money behind the scenes and then they're telling you that that's the worth of it so that they can manipulate what they have to pay you. Mm. So I I don't believe that. But I'm not looking for my... um. 
like the fact that I make music is going to be like a big part of why I get paid, but I'm not looking for the majority of my music to come through the music because I know how the industry works now. It's like, it's pay to play. If you want to have a number one record, if you got a big label backing you, you can get a number one record. If you want to be the biggest artist in the world and you got a label where they have the budget to do it, you'll be that. And it's not because the people genuinely love it. It's just because they have the money to manipulate it. You know what I mean? So I think that with that, it makes me like branch out creatively into different things. Like I said, I want to do books. I want to do movies. I want to, I want to do different type of endorsements and collaborations. Like you have to find other ways to make the money. You know what I mean? Like that's the good stuff, the the touring, getting out and touching the people, like being able to present it like Kanye did. Um, what was it? The the tour with the lights. What was it? Is it all of the, the all of the lights tour? Uh, maybe. Yeah. The, do you remember the one after like it, they was here? It came something? here. Like I, that big tour that came here that he had, and it was like the thing with the stage and all the neon lights and the way he had it set up. Mm. But it's like creatively, I want to do stuff like that. I'm not banking it all just on streams or trying to get a number one. I feel like I'm going a, I'm to a find a way to get money in a lot of ways through using my platform of music to do other things. That's my plan. So Yeah. Um, going back a little bit, I didn't think to ask it sooner, but uh, <laughs> where does the name KO come from? Um, my big cousin, he had a studio and that was the first uh, house studio that I ever been to. And I came in and like um, when I was younger and I was rapping, I, I used to want to like battle everybody and, and challenge to prove that I was the nicest one, whatever. And uh, we went to his house one day and I had my very first session. And whenever I came out the booth, he was just like amping me up like, oh, cuz you killing them, this, this and that. Like, we're going to call you KO, you knocking them out on the mic or whatever. And it kind of just stuck. Everybody just rolled with it. It wasn't something that I like handpicked. They really just, they, they put that on me and then we just ran with it. Like, cause it was a knockout every single time. You know what I'm saying? Like, no question. So it, it just, it worked out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's great. Anytime I see your name on a feature, I'm like, oh, I know this is going to be good. <laughs> uh, last one on this front. What advice do you have for people that are wanting to do what you do? Um, my advice is always to, I guess, know what your mission is. You know what I'm saying? Like, where do you want to take it? Like, everybody wants to start and pick it up and do something, but it's like, where's your end goal? Like, where do you want to be with this? What do you look down the road and see it being in the next five, 10 years? You know what I'm saying? Like, and if you don't have a clear vision of that, and that's not just in music, that's in anything. I don't think that the path might be correct if you can't see the vision for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, with me, I see everything I want to do in the next five, 10 years, like larger than life, but I see it so vivid that I know that I'm on the right path. You know what I mean? Like some people will tell you that they have a dream and they'll be like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm going to try this and this, this and that. And they really don't know exactly what they're doing. It's like, I feel like if it's, if the vision is not for sure and it's not clear and like God's not directing you on what it's supposed to be, that's probably not your path. So it's like, not just in music, but in anything in life, just make sure that you can see it like clear and you're not confused on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Switching gears into the deep questions that make bit depth, bit depth. What is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Um, spirituality is like the the biggest role in my life. Like I'm, I would say I had like what they would call like a nervous breakdown. And then it's like with, I hate to be one of those people that it's like whenever it all falls down, then you find God, you know what I mean? But that's kind of, that's the kind of person I was like, I grew up in church with my grandparents, but I never really understood spirituality or, or God or church. It's just something that I did by routine that I was taught my whole life. But it's like once I started having, um, you know, life experiences that kind of just had me like down in the dumps and feeling like I didn't have anything else I could call on but God. It just, it changed everything and like redeveloped my relationship with God. But, um, you know, it's it's something that I walk with every day. Like I, I communicate with God more than I communicate with anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just a deeper understanding of how to move through life. Like 
spirituality is probably the most important thing. Like right outside of music, it's nothing, it's nothing else that's greater than those two. Like God and music are the only two things that I'm 1000% sure and positive how to move with. Like that's it. Yeah. Um, what forms of religion did you grow up with? I grew up um, Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say now that I, I have like, or Christianity, but I don't have like a, um, I don't put a label on it. Like I'm one of those people that's like, I'm more spiritual than religious. Like I find respect in a lot of different religions, like for their they ideologies and the stuff that they believe in. It's like, no, I'll be like, I agree with that a little bit. Like I had a job a few years ago and my boss was a Satanist. And, you know, you taught your whole life all this stuff about the devil and Satanists and this stuff. And he started telling me, like, the principles of what they believe in and stuff. And it's like, I'm not against all that. You guys don't, y'all don't believe in in, in rape and all these different principles that y'all have. And I was like, no, I agree with that. Like, it's a lot of stuff that y'all have in your religion that I agree with. Like, I don't know. I think I'm one of those people that feel like we all worship the same God in a different way. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of how you choose to to walk in it, we all practicing the same things just in different ways. It's like you found a higher source that makes you... I don't know, like, that's that's your connection to something going on bigger than us that's outside of us. And it's like, people do that in different ways. So I respect however you choose to do it as long as it's not hurting nobody. And it's, you know, being progressive, why not? Yeah. What is your definition of God? Um, damn. I, <laughs> I guess I never really thought to define it. It's like, uh, it, it lives within us all. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not something that you can physically have and hold. Like, it's it's within you. It's like whenever I connect with another human being, like, that's how I connect. Like, it's like I can see the light of God in you or the spirit of God in you. I think it's just a, the spirit of discernment and knowing the space that I'm supposed to be in the spaces that I'm not supposed to be. Like, my, whenever you get a bad vibe, like, vibes in general, it's like, I think those are good things to pay attention to. Like, whenever you interact and engage with people, how do they make you feel whenever you're around them? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I gauge God in everything. It's just the way that it makes me feel. Like, in anything going on, if I'm watching TV, if I'm listening to music, it's like, do I feel the presence of God in this? And if I do, I usually connect 10 times out of 10. And if not, that's just not something for me. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I don't ask this question, but I feel like you have thought about it. Uh, What is free will? Free will? Okay. So you know how whenever they talk in religion and they say, God knows everything you are, every decision you're going to make. He knows everything before you even do it. But you have the power of the choice to change that. But it's like whatever's meant for you is meant for you. Free will is just our our way to like alter the story and the way that it works. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like your journey is exactly set in stone and what it is. But it's just like um, if you ever play one of those video games and it's like you can pick A or B, like choose to open the door, choose to go out the back door, run out the garage. But at the end, whenever it brings a full circle, you still get into the same ending. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I just feel like with free will... That's just picking your, whether you go out the front door, whether you go out the garage, but wherever you go, the destination is going to be the same. Mm. What do you think happens when we die? Speaking of the destination. <laughs> you know what? I Okay, so it was this barber that I had. And this, that's the coolest question to me because um, I don't think people really think in, in depth enough about that. Like what really happens whenever we no longer here? Like there's people who are like, okay, you die, your body goes in the ground and your spirit transcends, whatever. Um I randomly ended up going to another barber because my barber was busy and we had this whole conversation. He told me about these books that he read about spirituality and him kind of like finding himself and, um, and leaving the religion that he grew up in. So it kind of like, now that I've, I've read some of those books that he read, I look at it like at the end, I feel like you judge by the weight of your heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, were you good while you were here? Were you, 
I feel like if you didn't learn the lessons you were supposed to learn, like whenever people say reincarnation and you come back, it's something else. So you restart another life. You know how people are like, oh, you've been here before. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I feel like if you don't learn the lessons that you're supposed to learn, and you keep bumping your head and you have to come back and repeat them. Then you keep living like, quote unquote, hell on earth. You know what I mean? Like this, this is the hell to me. It's like, it's all this terrible stuff going on around us every single day. Like you turn on the news, that shit will depress you. Just watching TV for five, 10 minutes. It's like, it was a shooting at a school. It was a bombing. If you watch something in another country and somebody got some weird disease you never heard from and they have the most terrible thing happening to them in life that you ever heard. And you see it every single day, natural disasters, hurricanes, tornadoes, all type of stuff. But, um, I think at the end, you just judge by the weight of your heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, were you truly a good person? Did you learn the lessons you were supposed to learn? And if that's the case, then you transcend into, I think, another realm. But I believe in, like, different dimensions and stuff like that, too. I'm kind of weirded out. I ain't going to lie to you. It's like, I do believe that it's a lot going on that's bigger than our understanding, like, to grasp. Like, I tell people all the time, they they confirm the existence of aliens, and I feel like nobody cares but me. You know what I mean? It's like, they just said that this shit was real. Like, imagine our whole life, them telling us, Bigfoot was just a, a fairy tale and you look up one day and this motherfucker walking out the water. You feel me? Like, it's crazy. So, I don't know. I just, I, like I said, I feel like you judge by the weight of your heart. It's like you was truly a good person and you learned the lessons you were supposed to learn. You transcend into something else. And it's like, if you was, you keep bumping your heads and not getting lessons, like you're going to come back here and repeat it. You keep living in this same thing over and over again. Like people say, you've been here before. I think that happens to us a lot. Like we keep repeating the cycle until we figure it out to transcend. Yeah. I mean, but that's just my opinion. I, I don't, I don't know, but right. you know, that's just what I, that's what I assume it to be. It's like, if you were pure and you were good, you took the value in every lesson that you learned in your journey, like then you transition into something else. But if not, we just keep doing this over and over again. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go there. What are those dimensions? <laughs> okay. So what is it? Uh, damn, I can't remember the name of that movie. I'll use, I'll use the Matrix as my reference because I don't know the actual movie that I want to that I want to use for it. But it's like whenever they plug them in and like they're in a whole different world. You know what I'm saying? Matrix. Like in the Matrix. I had to watch the Matrix like four or five times and I still wasn't exactly sure what the fuck was going on. You know what I'm saying? But I think that it's in theory is something like that. Once you get into different dimensions and you understand how this works, like you can channel into some shit that's different. Like, you know, when people talk about their tethers, like or deja vu or stuff like that. It's like, it's something I've been here before. I've experienced this before. I've seen this exact moment, but nobody can make that make sense to you. But you know that you're not crazy. You like, I'm not making this up in my mind that I've been here before. Yeah. I think that those play into dimensions and what's happening. Like you're parallel in different places and different things are happening, but it's like, you can only see from this realm. So mm-hmm. that's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. But if, and if you disagree, I want to know what yours is, like how you feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can get into that later, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, you should watch everything everywhere all at once and be probably more confused than <laughs> with the matrix. Uh, <laughs> um, where was I? There it is. How do you determine what good behavior is? I think, I feel like sometimes it's, it's, it's weird to kind of play it. Cause it depends on like the moral code that you live by, like what's good and evil. You know what I mean? Like, for me, I feel like if you're not harming others, if your intentions, again, if your intentions are pure and it's like you really moving, like, I mean, no one, no harm. I'm making the best choices that I can to the best of the ability that I can with the knowledge that I have gained so far. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Those, that's good behavior to me. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you genuinely trying just to be the best version of yourself and you're not out to tear nobody down while you do that or, you know, that's how I view it. But then I do also agree with like necessary evils and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like whenever people talk about 
what is it like the death penalty and things like that. And people get in there and it's like, oh, well, once you know the value of life, nobody should be killed that way, this, this and that. But it's like long before us in times with like Romans and Greeks and it's all kind of different judgments that they have. Like if you steal in another country, they might cut your hand off. It's, it's different stuff that is kind of like to maintain order. It's just required. Mm. And I'm not against that in all cases. You know what I mean? Like even if it's to the extreme to some people and they like, some people, like, I'll hear a story about a murder or something, and I'll be like, oh, well, so-and-so, they killed this person because they did this. And in some cases, I'll be like, well, maybe I understand a little bit. I understand how that can make you insane, and that's how you reacted. Mm-hmm. I, I just believe that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I keep getting lost. Uh, <laughs> how do we reduce the division between people? I don't think that we ever going to reduce the division. I think sometimes people the way they viewpoint and they, the way that they view the world, like you never going to really understand it or grasp that it's all bigger than us. And that we all, we all getting fucked at the end of the day. Like people try to put us in these groups and think that some people are elite because of how much money they have or their status in life and stuff like that. And it's like, but at the end of the day, you can die. Like I can die. If you go to the grocery store and get groceries, they got the same pesticides. Like you can get cancer. Anything can happen. It's like, we all won. Like the same things that can happen to me can happen to you. Like I don't feel like money or status can protect you from those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you believe humans are evil by nature? To an extent, yeah. Mm. But I think it's because of the way we programmed. It's like um, the same way that we talked about before, like the division. Hate is taught. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't come out the womb knowing the things that are supposed to be bad or good. It's like those are things that you learn from your environment and the people that you're around and stuff like that. So it's like for, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't feel like that's something that the division, like the the world is never really going to be able to fully grasp what's happening. Like people get so caught up in pushing their message and these things they want to rally behind. But it's like, if you really understand the world and the way that it works, we don't have any control. It's like, I watch the government do the craziest shit every single day and then distract us with something else while they do it. And I'm like, me and a select few people probably caught the way that they did this. And then the people, a lot of people actually focus on the distraction and think this is the, oh, this is the most horrible thing in the world. It's like, yeah, but you didn't pay attention to what they did over here while they were showing us that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just feel like if you're not open-minded and optimistic and then I guess like really have to relinquish control because you don't have any, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think you find peace in not having control sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that I can really run anything. It's like, I understand that a lot of bigger shit is going on outside of me that affects my day-to-day life. So I have to wrap my brain around that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think humanity is heading towards in the future? It's scary looking right now. It's real scary right now. Like I was, um, I saw the after the school shooting where they were talking about, they want to put guns in the schools with the teachers. And when I saw it, I said, that does not sound like the way to combat what's happening like right now. Cause it's like, then we're going to have stories of teachers killing the kids, like all type of wild shit. Like, so, I mean, I'm not, well, I am a conspiracy theorist, so it is what it is. But (laughs) that new world order shit that people talk about all the time with the, I'm not one of those people that's like, they're going to put the chips in us. We walk around with the chips every day. We all have a cell phone. People are so caught up in, oh, they want to do this with the vaccine and this, this and that. And it's like, they don't have to do all those things to track you. You have a phone, like you've given them all of the information that they could possibly have about you and who you are, you walk around with it in your pocket every day. Mm -hmm. Like, 
the simplest shit down to even if you pick up this phone, what kind of your whatever your favorite porn category is, the government already knows. It's nothing to hide. You gave it to them. You know what I mean? Like all the stuff that they fighting to keep the government from having, they don't realize that they already have it. It's like um down to the the shit with Snapchat and face filters. Like everybody, oh, it's cute. You get the dog ears and the tongue out. It's like, no, it's facial recognition. It's like <laughs> if you do a crime and you walk into a casino, those cameras are going to scan you because they already have your face. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't know. It's like I said, like people really have to understand what's going on that's bigger than us. It's like you can't get caught up in the day-to-day shit because it's like it's already ruined. Like everything that you could possibly be afraid of, you've already surrendered it to them and you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. To get out of the heavy side, what are you optimistic about for our future? As far as humanity or just me in general? Sure. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, for me, like I'm still, even with feeling the way that I feel and saying all those things that I said, like I'm still real hopeful. I'm still a person who moves in, in faith. I'm real open-minded. You know what I'm saying? Like even just the stuff that I do with music, it's like a lot of people will look at it and be like, oh, that's a hobby. Like maybe it's a one in a million shot. All of us aren't going to, you know what I'm saying? I have 1000% faith that I'm going to be everything that I've set my mind towards. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's no question. I know it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort and I'm going to have to do some things that I don't even, that I don't even fully understand yet. But it's like, I believe that I'm going where I'm going and there's nothing that I can do about it. But I felt that way since I was a young child, which brings me back to the first question that you asked is like, how do you know for sure? And it's like, I feel like if I didn't notice in this much clarity and see the things the way that I see it, why would God put that on me if this wasn't the journey for me to take? You know what I mean? Like there's, so I'm still very like open-minded. I'm still happy-go-lucky. Like, you know, life can have its parts of flowers and rainbows. Sometimes it's like that. It's not always that way, but it's where you, I guess, wherever you put that energy. You know what I'm saying? So like for me, it's in my music. It's like, I really believe that I'll be successful in this. I think that I'll do it from where I am, like in Oklahoma, a place where it's little to nothing and then do some impossible things because it's like the way that I believe in God, like, it's it's all set up for us to like experience a miracle to keep faith alive. You know what I'm saying? Like just to, not even for me, like for the people around me who didn't even see it that way, never even thought that somebody could take it that far. It's going to do bigger things for those people than it do for me. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, I seen it since I was a kid. So it's like to have, to actually prove to people like, no, nah, I was right. And then it's like, anything is possible. Think about Barack Obama being the first black president and thinking of that in theory. It's like, well, that might happen. Maybe people's minds will be open enough to accept something like that. But it's like to actually do it, you change everything. It's like just being little black kids in, in the Carolinas, like just from anywhere, like seeing something like that that you've never seen in your life. It's like now when a parent turn around and say to their kids, no, you can be president of the United States. You can. It was a black man who did it before you. But then now it gets bigger as women, first gay president, first Mexican president. It's so many boundaries to break, but now it's possible. We seeing something other than old, old rich white men that we've seen our whole life. Like it's changing. The world is changing all the time. So you got to be open minded and believe that impossible shit is happening all the time. Like, yeah. that's just my outlook. Hell yeah. What makes you content? I don't believe I am in like any way. Like I'm, I'm constantly driving myself crazy because I can't be content with anything. Like nothing is, nothing's good enough. There is no ceiling. It's like, it's always something I'm going to strive for. It's bigger than where I'm at. It's like, I'm never just going to get comfortable. Like, oh, this is great. I've got here. But, and that's also a fucked up logic too, because you should just be happy with the day to day because tomorrow's not promised. Like I can sit here and say all these things to you, leave tomorrow and die in a car crash. And it was like, oh, that was just, you know, that's great that your spirit was like that, but it wasn't really that in reality. But it's like, you you really do have to appreciate the moment, even though I try to like live so far in the future and the things that I want, I, I have to like remind myself daily, like I have to just appreciate this moment right now. Like 
anything could go on in the world right now. Right now, the only thing I control is that I'm sitting here having this conversation with you. Anything outside of it, I can't really do nothing about. So, sure. I mean, I think that that's kind of how you got to look at it. I, that keeps me, it keeps me going. It's like, that's that's kind of where you find a little bit of happiness, like in the little moments. It's like, um, like my niece, my niece goes outside and she's like pushing the lawnmower. Like she's learned to cut grass. She's like four. So it's like mm-hmm. just a little simple shit that like she'll get excited about. And it's like, once you get into adulthood, those little things that, it, it kind of adulthood kind of like steals a lot of your innocence and your joy. It's like you got to go to work, so it's like you don't give a damn about little shit like that. But it's like I don't know. Like if you, some people get excited seeing a butterfly or going to the store and seeing a sale. It's like the little moments in the day to day you got to learn to appreciate. So I'm kind of trying to condition my mind to do that versus being so dead set on oh, I want to be successful. I want to be a ni- have a nice home. I want financial freedom. I want to be able to help my mom. It's like because that's stressing me out and driving me crazy when I just got to be in the moment. I'm not outside sweltering in the heat. Like I told you, the temperature is decent in here. I just got to be happy about that in the moment. Like, so that's the kind of content that I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. What advice do you have for people in general? Um, Be free. You know what I mean? Like, be true to yourself. Like, make your own decisions. Like, even if people don't understand and it doesn't make sense to the next person, they're like, oh, that's stupid. Is That'll never work or... That's not the best choice. It's like nobody knows what's best for anybody. You got to, it's like we were talking about before, like free will. You got to decide whether you're going to go out the front door or the garage. We ain't going to do nothing but die at the end anyway. You just got to decide how you're going to get there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I feel like you you really have to like walk your own path and you can't model it after anybody else's. Like people get so caught up in looking around them and want to create their life to, to match what they see. And it's like, just make the best version for you. Like, even if it's not all those things that, society is telling you it has to be just make the best version for you so that's the that's the best advice i can give i'm still trying to master that so yeah yeah and lastly potentially most importantly cake or pie cake what what was the cake that came to mind okay and this is going to sound lame but white birthday cake is like my favorite cake of all time Mm -hmm. like just if i come to a birthday party i'm hoping that they always have white birthday cake like i don't care what kind of icing it is (laughs) is the birthday cake white that's what i care about (laughs) i don't know like that's anybody in my family who knows me like they'll laugh and tell you that joke that we know that we know that she showed up for the cake i did as long as it's white birthday cake that's all i care about (laughs) amazing ko thank you so much for doing this with me where can people find you and your things? Um, I'm on everything as she is KO. Um, no dots, no spaces, no crazy spelling. Like whatever socials you got, uh, go on there. I'm sure that I have a, a link tree attached somewhere where if you like the music, you can go get in tune with that. Um, my name is KO, so I can't tell y'all to search it by that because it's a thousand KOs. Right. But if you're specifically looking for me, go to she is KO or whatever and you'll find all my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much once again for doing this with me. I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm KO. What song of yours is about to play? Um, if y'all could play Trendy. Watch how I run up this you door, ever been yeah. through it with haters? Fuck 
catching it later. He thought that bullshit you saying. I mean, so I kept the shit played. Hey, yo, that bitch, and you know that. She picture perfect, no Kodak. I like his little bitch, how she throw that. You gotta watch where your hoe at. Yeah, busy, I'm all on my grind. I'm working the nine to nine. Did what I did just to shine. The niggas was all on my mind. I'm killing shit time after time. Shit crazy, I'm not in my prime. Looked up at the score, it's my time. Ain't nobody stopping my shine. Nah, every day a new hater. Bitch, it ain't no money you chasing. Seeing me went so frustrating. You mad that I'm such a sensation. I just keep winning regardless. I'm not no regular artist. All of my flows is retarded. Shit go as the streets who the hardest. I need my drip to be fit. I never rap cause it's trendy. I needed love and support and I looked around like where were my friends be? Oh, nice to know. Seeing me shine hurt your soul. Fuck them ain't stopping my show. Watch how I run up this dough. Yeah, I need my drip to be fit. I never rap cause it's trendy. I needed love and support and I looked around like where were my friends be? Oh, nice to know. Seeing me shine hurt your soul. Fuck them ain't stopping my show. Watch how I run up this dough. Yeah, I need my drip to be fit. I needed love and support, and I looked around like what were my friends? Oh, nice to know. Seeing me shine hurt your soul. Fuck them, ain't stopping my show. Watch how I run up this dough, yeah. These bitches ain't workers, these bitches is losers, and blame it on me. I'm juvie, I'm popping, I got this shit rocking 400 degrees. Don't care who you heard or don't care who you know, they ain't fucking with me. No, I'm not a goon, but my nigga a rider, he'll up it for me. My drip wasn't cheap, no. I'm not one of these hoes. I'm really the cheat code. This shit here free though. All of them favors just keep those. Yeah. All of them favors just keep those. Yeah. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can support me directly by buying my music on Bandcamp. I'm working on Hypothetical, my first singer-songwriter album. So if you'd like to hear that at some point, there are lots of ways to support me on my website. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It would mean a lot to me to hear what you have to say, and it lets others know what to expect, better than I could ever explain. I want to help the world have deeper conversations, so thank you for listening to and supporting BitDepth. I was in the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.